Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints of Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill. I'm your guide as we journey through the auto detailing industry. This is the community pub where we sit around, we drink some beer, and we talk detailing. You can find me at Total Auto Solutions on most platforms. If you're on TikTok, find me at Detail Supply App. Best way to get in touch, though, is shoot me a text direct, 918-800-1188. Listen, guys, I'm excited to learn uh, who Obert Car Care is. Uh, why you have that incredible setup and all the different things that uh, you guys are doing. It's cool to see uh, multiple things coming out of your guys' organization. So introduce your guys' uh, self. Christopher, go first. David, I'll let you uh, chime in second. Oh, man. Sold, sold to the first right out of the gate. Oh, boy. That's not good. Uh, I am Chris Giovanni. I'm uh, the partner of Ober Car Care. Um, you might know me too as well from uh, Detailers Roadmap, which is a website system for detailers. And uh, yeah, that's that's it. I'm just the I'm the marketing guy of Oberk. And then uh, David is my is the crown jewel of Oberk. So I'll let him take it off. Nice. <laughs> I've never been called a crown jewel before. <laughs> I feel pretty special. Um, I'm David Patterson. I'm do other stuff at Oberk. Um, I think a lot of people know me probably from the last eight years or so with Lake Country Manufacturing, where I've kind of been known for 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 the majority of my professional career. But um, but yeah, now we've we've joined together in Oberk to uh, kind of do something a little bit different in the detailing industry, not just uh, not just sell products, but do it in a certain way. Cool. Explain that, will you? Um, so I think one of the, the things is um, we want to we want to offer a product that's professional grade, right? That that uh, um, my peers, our peers respect in the industry, uh, but we also want to bring something to the table that's often forgot about when when you become a professional and, and you forget about how difficult or how confusing um, some of the processes or or things that you use are. Um, especially, you know, obviously paint correction is one of them. That's where I kind of, um, have had my specialty into, but I think once people really understand paint correction or paint polishing, they kind of forget like how confusing it was in the beginning and just, you know, what color pad and a wool and a foam and a microfiber and all that stuff. So, um, you know, Oberg is all about removing the guesswork. So it's, it's a user-friendly product. And I think that it works in, in twofold. One of them is just, it provides that professional grade or professional level product to an entry level user in a way that they can get the results that they want. Um, but it also works for business owners where I think in our industry where people struggle the most is, is actually being a profitable business owner and, and growing, growing a business, not just growing their job. It's tough, and, right? It's yeah, extremely it's, tough because it's so easy to get in, but then it's really hard to climb and build a, a, a company, a business, uh, have more than just running around daily where you're the one cleaning the cars all the time. It, it, it begins to get very difficult. You're right. Yeah. And I dealt with it too. I mean, it's just, 
there's a lot of really talented people um, that are good technicians um, and, and maybe even good entrepreneurs, but aren't necessarily good managers, um, whether it's themselves or other people. So um, through our product and, and thinking about those things, we, we try to bring added value to, to the table. And like I said, it, it, it provides equal value to the business owner by allowing an easy to use standard operating procedure that's able to be duplicated and repeated um, you know, nine out of 10 cars, eight, eight or nine out of 10 cars um, where they can create a business structure and packages that they offer and, uh, and do that as they grow and scale their business to be profitable the whole way through. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's a, a trend that seems to be continuing to push like 19 kind of a little bit started, but everything was still so frothy, right? It, it didn't seem until 2020, especially towards as everybody in 2020 started going, wow, we're all having great, great years. Why, you know, let's start talking business, right? Like it, it seems to be, and especially through 2021, like business now is the important thing. If, if somebody's going to have a brand or a product, like you're right. Like, I, I love that you guys are in that you're, you're, you, you've evidently already been doing it. It's not just something today. So, you know, what is it that you saw uh, that made you want to do that to be different? Um, I think it's, you know, with like the business stuff I've gotten, you know, kind of involved in, and trying to educate myself, be better myself. Cause I'm the same technician. I'm the same person that I just talked about, you know? So by doing that, um, there's just a couple, couple books that helped. Oh, know, cool. What, what books do you know? Um, yeah, one of them is called like, uh, it's called blue ocean strategy. And it's kind of looking at, you know, evaluating a marketplace and, and determining, um, where you can add value. And, and I think part of that comes from, you know, my history of owning a detail shop and working in the industry for a number of years. Um, but another part of it is just, you know, being able to offer something in a way that, that actually has value. And I don't know if a lot of people understand what the value of what they offer is, you know, even as a detailer, I think that um, people think, that they just offer a clean car. And I think that they need to look at and evaluate their business on a different level and what their true value is. Like what, what's the proposition to their customer on why they should go to you versus let's say if you're in an area that's got multiple detailers doing high level detailing or coatings or somebody that's similar to you, like why should they come to you versus the next person without bashing anybody? Yeah. Or here's one. Why should they go to you instead of the car wash down the street? That's only 10 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I because think I think one of the things we've really started to try and dive into is that, the, you know, the auto detailing industry, especially on the professional level is, is niche on top of niche. Right. I mean, it, yeah. then you get into what you talk about correction and code, like that's niche of niche of niche. And it's extremely rare, well, you know, opening up the picture to understanding the customer base of how do we, how do we keep in the auto detailing industry people from going to a car wash? You know, how do we service a customer so that they don't need somebody else other than a professional detailer, but yeah. a professional detailer wants to quote unquote, know their worth and they don't ever want to have a price that would be anywhere comparative to a car wash. Yeah, it's ironic. 
God forbid. It's no. very right. It's very ironic. Uh, all right, so let's dive in real quick. Uh, we kind of skipped over, you know, who you guys are. So I know you mentioned briefly a little bit about your background and where you, you know, but yeah, but very briefly, right? So Chris, you know, first tell people where they find you on social. You know, uh, how do people connect with you? And you know, I, I'd like to know where you grew up. You know, how? Who are you? Yeah. Um, so I am. You know, once again, Christy Giovanni, kind of do more of the marketing for Oberk. Um, so uh, we're both based right now, right in Wisconsin, right, uh, kind of on the outside skirts of uh, of Milwaukee. And uh, I'm from here originally, and I had left to go start a, a business, a pool table and hot tub and spa store uh, with my dad, my family member. So, uh, and I left at a great time, which was called 2007, 2008, when nobody wanted a $2,000 patio furniture set and a $10,000 hot tub. And now you you know, you can basically sell those things like bananas now. Go figure, right? <laughs> so you, you can get them on Amazon. You can get them even what's cool. I've been looking at, uh, I've been looking at the almost like inflatable ones that are kind of round. Oh, sure. Like Intex pools. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. There, there's a detail out of California that was walking through his backyard showing it. And I was like, hey, what is that? He's like, that's right. my hot tub. I was like, what? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah that market's changed quite a bit. So, uh, yeah, so I, I specialize in... Um, really bringing brands from zero to fruition. So uh, when I got in there, I was starting that business. My dad's business was probably doing eight to $10 million in sales a year in 08, probably did like 650,000. So it was a 90% a loss in sales um, pretty much overnight. So basically built that business back up. Uh, and then I'm kind of like a serial entrepreneur a little bit. So I had kind of essentially said, okay, I'm either going to buy this business or move on. And we decided to move on. And long story short, I ended up in food and beverage. So I'm a graphic designer by trade. Um, so do lots of logos. I do it all the, the logos for Oberk, the packaging, the website design, kind of all that stuff. And then um, that just ended up rolling into food and beverage naturally. Um, so I come from like a, the seafood and... Um, retail side for beverages. So there's some, some big companies out there that I've been really fortunate to work with. And um, a few years ago, uh, me and David actually reconnected. And um, David and I actually go back to high school. So we're, I don't know, what do you think? At this age, we're probably 31, 32. And David had reached out and said, hey, I need some graphic design help. And da, da, where'd da, da, you, da, da. where'd yeah. you guys go to high school? Economwalk High School, and he went to Kettle Moraine, or did you go to yeah. Arrowhead? No, I went to Kettle Moraine. Yeah, Kettle Moraine. So it's kind of like a 30 so minutes outside of Milwaukee. Okay, so you guys, did you grow up? Did you hang out? Did you guys know each other? Or you just acquaintances? Or We hated each other to the no. death. I actually used a crossbow. He was more of a sword person. No, it's totally Wisconsin. <laughs> we, hung out, we hung out at a farm and did car stuff. Yeah, That's right. how we met. We met in high school just... Uh, there's called there's a thing called the boardwalk, which is pretty much like a park and ride <clears throat> in Oconomowoc. <clears throat> and Friday, Saturday nights, car guys would hang out there. And then there's kind of a group of friends that developed over that. And we would hang out at another friend's house. Not hardcore. That hardcore was, yeah. Honda boys. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like an old uh well, it wasn't really old. It was a it was a pole barn, a farm pole barn. Our buddy had a had a farmhouse. And we just drank beer, worked on cars. 
Yeah. And if you've never seen a pole barn, it sounds exactly what he just made it seem like. Yeah. It's There's really Wisconsin. A barn. <laughs> it, it sounds very similar to Oklahoma life. <laughs> yeah. Not that far off. Yeah. So, you know, long story just short, a little colder, a little just colder. A little colder. Oh, yeah. oh, Jesus. It's so cold. Um, so I ended up helping him out with some design and, um, basically I had this kind of idea of like, uh, I had always been detailing very OCD ish. And, uh, I said, you know, how does anyone figure out what they're doing with all these products? Uh, this is like really confusing for me. And I was, uh, a big Menzerna fan for the longest time. Uh, and I love Sonax. And I love, there's so many great companies out there. It's just insane. Um, but from a consumer standpoint, I had a really hard time figuring out what can I get 80% of the way there with, or what's going to work with me every time. Now, obviously everybody in this, this zoom call knows that it's borderline impossible to find one product that with one pad that will work 100% of the time. But, uh, we started kind of having those discussions and, uh, David really kind of helped me <laughs> figure out if I wanted to start a brand, what I need to kind of be looking at. Um, and so Dave was really instrumental for me when we were working together of kind of figuring all those kind of pieces out, um, because I didn't want to pull something off the shelf, if that makes sense. Um, so I wanted something that could work for the way that I basically my hand moves and, and kind of move from that. And, um, so that's, that's kind of how Oberk kind of really started. Um, you know, out of Oberk came more stuff. Like uh, I started my agency a few years ago and we now do um, a lot of design work for manufacturers in the detailing industry. Um, most, a lot of them have been on your show. Me and Marshall have actually talked, whether he knows it or not, through social media platforms. He's probably might be talking to me even. <laughs> um, so, and that might be news for him. <laughs> How'd I do? Uh, you did all right. You always, you always ask nicely. Right. Hey, would you guys like to join a podcast? I always do a great job. Um, and then I just recently, um, me and Dave have, uh, I finally convinced Dave to finally not just join Oberk in like an employee matter, but Dave is partner now. Um, and so Dave has come on as, as full time. And Congrats, um, thanks. he's going to be just the, the really the foundation of, of the company and um, to give kudos to Dave, if nobody really knows Dave, which I, I doubt it. I mean, he was kind of all over the space on, on YouTube, especially as Dave is just the most amazing product developer and most humble person you'll ever meet. I mean, he can train anybody from, you know, a grandmother to fully polishing and wet sanding a car. And I have seen it. <laughs> so um, he was just like the perfect fit for, for us. And, um, um, that's kind of essentially how Burke is where it came from and essentially where it is today. So, yeah, that's awesome. David, uh, you know, let everybody know where to find you on social. And then what made you, you know, besides the friendship and besides everything, what is it that, that uh, made you want to leave, uh, Lake country and dive into this opportunity? Well, you can find me, <clears throat> You can find me on Instagram at InMotionDave. Um, you can find us at, at Oberk Car Care, uh, Instagram, YouTube. Um, I think for me, it was an opportunity to uh, create my own thing. I mean, I think, you know, being a, a 
big instrumental part in a brand. Um, I was, I was that to Lake Country to a certain extent. Uh, but I think um, just being able to create something from scratch almost, you know, I it was, it's a relatively new company. Um, I believed in the product. I, you know, I, I helped Chris develop it from the beginning anyway, you know, with, with my past experience, I've worked with abrasive manufacturers, polish manufacturers, you know, different brands um, to develop a number of different systems. So the majority of Lake Country's business is actually private label. So when I would do product development, I mean, we would develop product for Lake Country, but equally I would develop product for other brands. So whether they would send me product and I would um, test and evaluate and find something that I felt best suited them for their type of machine or, or something like that. Um, that's how we, you know, we were able to re reconnect. Um, so by doing that, uh, we were able to, to kind of create the system. So I felt like I kind of had a part in it from the beginning. Um, I just think it was, it was a chance for us to, to do something together. It was just kind of neat. Um, I, I had a good run at Lake country. They've always been um, awesome to me. They had a, um, a pretty nice exit message for me and they, uh, they helped me a lot through my career. So um, I'm thankful for that. Um, but I'm on to uh, kind of the next, the next step and continue to develop products. The, you know, when I, when I started at Lake country, I was a detailer, you know, I, I opened up a detail shop. Um, I always kind of had, a creative mentality. I had ideas for other products before, um, had gone somewhat through the process of patenting them or, or protecting them in a certain fashion, but I never, never had the money or never had an idea that was good enough to, to take the risk in order to do it. Um, and Lake Country gave me the opportunity to do that. You know, I, I got my first patents and, um, and I was able to do that. Um, so it was just, <clears throat> It was just time for me to hopefully continue that and and develop something that for me and Chris to to grow on. Um, I came from a body shop background, so like I've always been in the cars. I was going to school to do uh, to do social work and stuff like that after high school. Um, and at the tech school I was going to, they, they had like a body shop school that was kitty corner to it. So I'd always watch everybody doing you know body work and painting cars and stuff like that. And just, I don't know, maybe like two thirds of the way through uh, my program, just kind of said, I didn't want to do this anymore and went to school for collision repair, um, dove into that, did it for a while. Um, and it's so funny, the, the way that kind of my career has panned out just because when you jump into the body shop, it's like the worst job, you know, like, so, you know, as a detailer, you look at <clears throat> some people doing like these high level wet sand jobs and like some of the craziest stuff. And for like the average body shop, it's, that's like your bottom barrel. Like you can't get any worse of a position and that's what you do when you start there. Um, maybe not to that high level, but that, you know, essentially that's what you do. So. Yeah. I think the interesting part people don't realize is that the guys that nib, that's the worst fucking job. Like yeah. the amount of band-aids they have on their <laughs> fingers and, and the amount of tedious work it takes to nib a car. I mean, it's that, that to me, I, I, I was, when I saw that going on, it was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. I, I don't think I'd ever do that. <laughs> like that, yeah. that, that would be a tedious job right there. Uh, well, that's cool. I mean, I, I think it's really awesome that you guys reconnected. I mean, that's, that's a really cool story. Very few people have that, uh, 
that ability to say, you know, we've known each other for this long and reconnected to start the brand. When, Chris, when did you start the brand? Uh, geez. Uh, February 18 or something. February 18. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very specific day. <laughs> I, no, I, I remember it. I, yeah. I remember it for sure. Cause I was, I was so excited about it. And, um, yeah. it was kind of a, cool. a neat thing for, well, we want to, we want to dive into the, uh, the products, especially compound and polish, but before we do, let's hop around the room real quick. Uh, like I put out, uh, when I was making the post, I'm going to dive into all the different seltzers. And of course I'm starting with my favorite tonight. There's no doubt. Uh, uh, years ago when I started drinking them, a lot of people made fun of me. I was like, whatever. I think they're great. And uh, this watermelon kiwi is my favorite truly of all times. I, to me, it's unbelievable. I, I had the Sonic ones this past weekend for the fourth. Uh, it's going to be hard to choke those down again. That was, that was pretty rough, but I'm going to, I'm going to start running through all the different seltzers and have fun with it. Uh, Chris, you were drinking a beer. What are you drinking? Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this correctly. Is it Yingling? Dude, you got a Yingling? Where'd you yeah. get that? Yeah, I know they're not sold in Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, I uh, I snuck a couple of boxes out of Kentucky. When we went down to SEC or yeah. Oh, there you go. Nice, good call. So. Good call. Uh, we can only get those go as far as uh, Arkansas, so I'm the same way. If we ever go to Arkansas, we always bring some back because we can't. It's like get the oldest either. oldest brewery in the in oldest the brewery. In, yep, yep. Oh, there you go. Cool. David, what are you drinking? I've got uh, an Eagle Park. C list. It's a an American IPA. It's delicious, actually. Nice. Are you a hoppy guy? Like you like the hops? That's your. Um. Yeah, I like different kinds of beer, but I I uh I like hoppy beer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, Brandon. Are, are you three weeks in a row, uh, Shawshank? Brandon from Shawshank. Are you three weeks in a row in the same IPA, or did you branch out this week? No, three weeks in a row. You keep talking about a white Bronco on your on your podcast. I got to keep drinking it. I'm actually on my last one, unfortunately. But I'm drinking uh, the OJ on parole again with the white Bronco. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Cody, what about you? Old trusty? Uh, not tonight. I'm drinking a Lagunitas Maximus IPA. It is a, uh, yeah. Great beer. Out, but it's a... Colossal IPA, it's 9.0 ABV, so one will do you just fine. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty good, pretty hoppy, but I'm actually brewing some beer of my own right now, so I'll have that on the podcast whenever that's ready. Oh, yeah. What are you brewing? Uh, it is called the Warrior Double IPA from, I bought like a mini kit from uh, Brooklyn Brew Shop. I think it is. So trying it on a small scale. And if it works well, I'm going to ramp it up and do some more, uh, more at a time. Yeah, man. I used to love to brew beer. It was a lot of fun. I, I don't really know why I quit. I think I just, I just got busy with other stuff. I, I actually still have a kit that uh, I never brewed. It's, it's, I looked up cause it's right over there sitting on the fridge. Like I've been there for over a year, like, I, but I used to love to brew beer a lot. Is this your first one? Yeah. First time it, uh seemed to go pretty well it was kind of fun just like i don't know cooking a soup in the kitchen or something yeah and uh yeah so i'm excited to try that and hopefully it turns out good it gets fun too when you start mixing different things in the second fermenter and you start playing around like that sometimes you you mess up there you, you get you get another month you know it's got to sit and then you, you got a bottle and then you know you're two months in and you try it and you go ooh, i messed that one up like mm. 
Yeah, I'm excited for it. So we'll see. Yeah. All right, Vinny, what are you drinking tonight? Um, I go with these. Um, they're called a mission. Uh, they're made by a mission brewing company and they actually take the gluten out of it. Um, I cut gluten out. I was just a simple dude. Like I drank Bud Light and stuff like that usually, but, um, I noticed it would like kill me the next day. So I found these at a local pizza shop and they make uh, a lager, a Pell and I can't remember what else, but, um, I should go to Trulies cause they don't have anything in them, but I drink LaCroix all the time. So I think I might, I might pick some up here. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Go for it. I mean, there's so many seltzers out now. Uh, I think uh, somebody said today, Bang was coming out with a seltzer. I was like, yeah, that's smart. You know, it, it's like yeah. everybody's doing it. Uh, it. What's the gluten part? Is that just, is that normally a gluten-free diet? Is that normally the way you are? Yeah. Um, yeah, we made some different choices to help out, like my son and wife. Um, so we we don't really eat a lot of gluten. I, I kind of cheat a little bit, but um, for the most part, I feel better when I don't you know, I don't have gluten or like, you know, bread and stuff like that. And, uh, we made a switch. I mean, it's been good. I lost some weight. Like, uh, it works. I feel better with it too. So yeah. So I still, I found a beer that they, I mean, remove it. I mean, seems to be good. I like drinking <laughs> it too. So it works hey, out. <laughs> tastes good. And it's got alcohol. What else could you want? Right. right. <laughs> All right. Hey, Mike, uh, anything other than water or water tonight? No, no, early morning tomorrow so yeah smart man oh smart man alarm goes off at 3 a.m so yeah oh yeah yeah don't blame you there don't blame you there and i'm in boston so it's now nine so it'll be it'll be a fun wake up yeah well thanks for uh thanks for staying up late night for us man appreciate you hopping in no problem yeah all right david uh you drink anything tonight or Oh, I'm just drinking uh, Crystal Light tonight. There you go. Good choice. What flavor? It's uh, strawberry banana orange. Ooh. Sounds delicious. Yeah, it's Sounds not bad delicious. when you mix it half strength. Oh, yeah. You cut it with water or vodka? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no. Just water. It's way too sweet. Yeah. I do that, too, on a lot of juices. I don't like the sweetness. I'll, I'll, I'll cut them. Yeah, yeah, it's way too sweet. It tastes like uh, kitty drinks. <laughs> yeah. You know, fifty years old, you gotta, you gotta cut that stuff. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, Nick, what's cooking with Nick looking like tonight? For starters, we got vodka, fresca, and strawberries. So those of you seltzer guys, this is kind of a, a super cheat here. I mean, it is sugar-free, other than the strawberries. It's, it's like a seltzer, but I mean, you can put half vodka in this thing and you don't taste it so one of my favorites here um cooking with nick has chicken fajitas going on tonight so mm. put some chicken thighs on the grill a few minutes ago or actually just now so those are mm. going and those are about to go on too what are those Brought, it's a little uh, quick you got peppers peppers, yeah, peppers onions, onions. Onions Ooh. all going to come together on the tray later and uh, put it together and go from there. All right, man. We're looking forward to it. Uh, yeah. I, th I think you got a little care package out in the mail today from uh, Brandon. Dude, from I can't Tim, wait, so. man. I can't wait. I'm ready <laughs> to see the apron. No doubt. No doubt. So uh, I'm still good to go. We got to, we got to get narrowed down whenever uh, we're there at uh, the lake. We, we definitely got to connect. Yeah. I got to see that apron. 
Heck yeah, I have a I have a question PTO, so just let me know. Cool, cool. All right, Brandon, what are you drinking tonight? Got some uh, Aha sparkling water. It's uh, orange and grapefruit. All right, I found one of those the other night, and I got them. You're right; those are really, really good. I, yeah, I think really they come in what a six pack or an eight pack or something. Eight, and eight, I, eight I drank them all yeah. in two days. Yeah. yeah it's been like 105 degrees here and super humid so it's it's hard to choke down a beer right now <laughs> hey use the force man you'll get it <laughs> uh tell us about the apron you made uh i've had no part of it um my wife <laughs> she's uh she's the one that does all the the embroidery and everything so she uh had one mess up but we got the we finally got it got it going and got it in the mail today so yeah. That's awesome, man. Appreciate you doing that. Yep. Uh, that's community right there. Definitely. All right, Derek, what's that you're sipping on? Um, this is a Kona, a big wave golden ale. Uh, I'm taking easy tonight. Um, and then I have like, uh, I saw you drink a twisted tea. So I actually have a twisted tea in the half and half in the uh, fridge, but that's about it. No, no, nothing heavy today. Yeah. Oh. Wow. That's a great beer. That is a great beer. Oh, I, yeah. I, I uh, forgot how they I, they have an IPA too. It's not bad, but they're golden. I always go back to it because it's just a good beer. Yeah, good call. All right, so Dave, if you're the product guy, I'll, I'll, I'll guide this question towards you. You know, talk to us. Let's start with the compound. You know, what is it? Uh, what is it that's unique about your compound? Why did you develop it? You know, walk us through the uh, the benefits of it. What what pads we should use, you know, geek out, we'll, we'll jump in to open some questions and, you know, jump into all about your compound. So what's your compound's name and tell us all about it. It's Supreme Cut. Um, I think more of it is, uh, is the system, I guess, um, just the ease of use for the, the system itself. But then also, you know, Chris has been the biggest part of instrumenting like how to communicate that to people. Um, which I think is, is half the battle. So um, the compound is a diminishing abrasive type of a product. Um, it's, you know, for, for us, it's, it's overall cutting ability, finishing, finishing ability, you know, how you're able to use it on different paints. Um, you know, like just, just tons of the little things as a detailer that you realize, you know, trying to hit on all of those cylinders or, or as many as possible to get a, to get the best performing product. So I think, um, I think we have a, a great cutting compound, obviously for me, it's a go-to, um, but it's the perfect balance of high level of cut. You can remove 1500. Um, you can remove most heavy defects without any issues, but you get a decent finish with it. Um, but, but ultimately it's just the ease of use of the system to be able to two-step or one-step anything for the most part um, and get a, a consistent result every single time. Um, so for me, I mean, we, we use, in my opinion, the, some of the best abrasives in the world, um, our, our compounds and polishes are, are made in Germany. Our abrasives are made in the United States. And, um, you know, it's for, for us, I, I think for me, the product quality is, is super high level. We spent a lot of time on it, but at the same time, um, the overall way it's used and, the way that we've been able to communicate it to the detailer is, is equally as, as cool. 
All right, so Chris, what uh, what's in the communication side that's that's been so great for you guys? Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's a great question. What's been in the communication side that's been so great? Um, yeah, so I think when we first, you know, we're kind of developing everything, um, I really tried to push the simplification, you know, simplifying essentially everything and then kind of using that whole tagline to remove the guesswork and essentially trying to get, you know, any questionable, questionable kind of situation of detailing in terms of compounding or polishing um, really into kind of everybody's head. So um, just like a little bit of a, a marketing you know, tidbits is like when you guys are talking about your own brands, you know, it's, it's always important to, in my mind, display how you want to be perceived um, because you probably have your product in a certain mind, right? So if you perceive your product as being simplified or maybe you're a detailer and you say you want to be the super high-end person or only appeal to certain areas, it's all down to everything we do. So from a marketing aspect, to go back to your original question, uh, it's whether the photos, it's basically displaying the photos, the videos, the packaging, everything's kind of going to have to be essentially simplified so that anybody who's new to polishing or someone who's an advanced user would have a great experience with the product. Um, and I always tell Dave, I'm like, <clears throat> we know it's working when we see reviews of people using our tagline, um, which is really cool. Um, so, and to me, that's my, my favorite thing ever is like, when Go you ahead. see someone so, throw out the tagline, what is it? Is it that um, grip it and rip it one I've seen on the no, show? Jesus, oh. good Lord. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, that's a good one too. That's from Aaron Knox and me yelling, uh, rip it, tip it over oh, and over. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rip. I think it's on the back of the shirt too. If I, yeah. Is it on yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I knew I'd seen it somewhere. I was something like I just remember. I was like, "Oh, that's it's, pretty cool." Like, it's kind of it. an inside joke from our cl first Gloss University class, but yeah, it turned into more than that by Chris. But you know, like not, you know, not to make it sound cheesy, but essentially, like you know, what I told you about what Oberk is, like what Chris is able to do is visualize that to our brand, you know, to our consumers as our brand, like um, in every aspect of the things that we do to to try and communicate those same things in our branding and our products in the things that we do and try to try to essentially communicate as much of that as possible without talking to people. Right. Yeah. So just, it's a constant, I wouldn't say regurgitation as we say in marketing, but it's essentially kind of just keeping the same mantra over and over, whether this is writing descriptions, our newsletters, our packaging, so it's just kind of keeping a, a certain level that we'll always kind of maintain in terms of the way we talk about ourselves or at least how we perceive ourselves. So, um, so let's, let's, let me pick your brain though for the detailers that are listening, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. that's, that's a very practical lesson for us to learn in marketing. So can you go over that again and let's put it into, I'm sure as you guys have with your roadmaps or stuff that we'll get into what that is like, yeah. but do you have it to where you lay it out to explain it on how a detailer could, you know, do exactly what you said, but from a detailer perspective for their service business? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So uh, <clears throat> there was one detailer that we're, I was doing kind of a little bit mentorship with, and I said, um, you know, where do you want to be? 
And he's like, well, I want to, I don't, I don't want to sell $400 coatings. I need to sell 800 to 1500 or so on. And he had different packages based on that. And uh, part of that is I walked in and I said, <clears throat> if I'm going to spend $1,500 in your business, you can't have, can we swear in this? Oh no, fuck no, you can't. Okay. Uh, you can't have a fucking sweatshop <laughs> in here and make it look, you can't come to me and, and have a certain t-shirt that's torn and so on. I'm not saying you couldn't pass it off, but it, it's a lot harder to push that higher level number and budget of whether you're trying to sell $5,000 PPF or a $1,500 coating if I don't get the vibe out of the gate. And the vibe should be everything from your detail shop to the clothing you wear to even the responses that you make on um, Google My Business reviews, stuff like that. And my favorite one I always say is this guy, we were talking to this guy, he's like, well, I'm getting ripped apart by this one guy on Google My Business. I'm like, you know what? That is the absolute best thing that can ever happen to you because you can show everybody how to properly respond and that you're willing to take care of it and you're not a hothead. And he said, he, get, he sent me a message last week. And he's like, you were right. Uh, which is my favorite thing to hear. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> he goes, um, poppy. Ah. Yeah. 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 And he says, you know, every, people, he's gotten a couple people who have just mentioned, Hey, I love the way you responded to that guy who wasn't happy with his, his coding or something like that. I mean, that's a perfect example of like, you know, we deal with it. Me and David all the time too, is like, if, if we're not happy with the way, you know, some of our supply is coming through, it's the answer is not throw your hands up in the air and, and cuss them out. But um, Problem I, I am just always a, a big fan of presentation is everything. Um, obviously you have to have the service to back it up. Um, but, you know, presentation is everything to me. So whether it's the packaging of our product, it's the website, it's the videos, we'll always kind of have a level. And in your head as a detailer, I think you should always know what that level is. And when you start to scale, your employees should know what that level is. You know, we only let a car out look, go at this way. We only let, you know, we only wear this type of clothing, whatever it is, you know, and it's, that, that's kind of my big thing. So I know that was a long ass tangent. For one question, so. <laughs> but basically, like you said, a systematic approach. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm yeah. just not a process driven guy, but no. well, email. <laughs> E-Myth is the other book that I, you know, like yeah, if I were to say two books, it was, you know, E-Myth, which is, I think everybody, every business owner should, should read. But even if you don't want to franchise your business, I think having a franchise mentality or, or having a different perspective on how things work can be really beneficial. All right. Yep. Uh, walk us through your polish. And then I want to jump into some open questions. Let some guys ask some questions. I think there'll be some about marketing. Not We don't get a chance to really dive into somebody's mind who's a, an active marketer. It's been cool uh, having Greg do uh, episodes with us. I know a lot of people gotten information out of him. Um, and and he follows that same path, Chris. You know, any any comments, anything around and even negative is good if you use it the right way. Uh mm -hmm. And, and I agree too. I've had stuff too, where people just come and assault me and it's like, okay, cool. Let's, let's dive into this a little bit. Why am I such a bad dude? I'm pretty sure that, that you know, like we, we can come to an agreement, you know, and uh, sometimes it goes there. Sometimes it doesn't. So yeah. uh, Dave, though, jump into your, your polish real quick. You know, what's, what's great about your polish? What do you recommend it for? Um, so the polish is, it's funny because we got product of the year at, at Southern Detail Conference this year for our compound, but 
the polish is what I like the most just because it, it finishes out on so many different things. Um, but again, you know, it, it's part of it's the system. So we, we have a two-step system. It's a cutting compound with a, with a microfiber cutting pad and then a, a polish with a, a finishing polish, which is overt polish. Um, but then we also have like a medium polishing pad, which is used for one-step polishing, you know, on darker colored cars, we'll, you'll pair the polish with that pad uh, on lighter colored cars. Uh, you can pair the, the compound and get good results because you might not be able to see that micro marine or haze or anything like that. Um, and for us, that, that whole process for how you can implement that in your day-to-day -day process or business is what is what our main goal is. But, but the polish for me is, is cool just because I think, um, it's nice to be able to offer a product that you don't have to worry about on fine finicky paints, whether it's that Porsche, Honda, GM, um, Subaru, that type of thing, um, where you're able to um, offer a product that is formulated and refined enough to work on some of the more more finicky paint. Um, but again, like I said, I I think it's equally as important as the the process itself. So um, we've had good luck, like Chris has said people have been using our tagline, you know, re reposting and tagging that. And I think kind of the overall success that we've had over the last couple of years has kind of signifies that, that what we're trying to accomplish does work with that. I don't know if Chris wants to add anything to that, but. No, I, I, the only thing I would say is, you know, Dave is such a, a humble person and, you know, my biggest thing is, is my favorite product we have is like, I'm not trying to talk up our, you know, it's tough. Hey, guys, we're on a podcast and we're talking about Oberg. Yeah. What you're here. Go ahead. Go ahead and just jam it up a little bit here up on the deep south. But, you know, Dave, my favorite thing is, is like Dave doesn't really, uh, we don't do a good job of explaining it on, on websites. It's tough to talk about, but that microfiber pad and Dave can talk about it a little bit more, but it's not an everyday pad and it is, got so much R&D behind it it's ridiculous once once you hear kind of what Dave has got to talk about it you can kind of go numb about it of of products like that and it's just kind of a testament to how down and dirty he got for years kind of helping us out yeah I mean that's that's kind of the funny thing about it is I I mean I enjoy doing that stuff and I think a lot of people would but you know when we originally started looking at microfiber when I first started diving into it was um probably man, it, it had to have been probably six years ago. And at the time, six, seven years ago. Um, and at the time, pretty much everybody that I worked with was, was saying that it was a waste of time that that market share was always going to be McGuire's market share. Uh, you know, nobody was ever gonna be able to make a product that was going to compete with the product that they offered. Um, and after like a few years, I actually gen genuinely believed them because I couldn't create a product that would compete with it. And then finally um found kind of the missing link of what i was doing with 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 fabric or with with microfiber itself to, to try to understand what i was missing and um, we were able to create the lake country microfiber pad and um after that it was it was awesome because for one it was kind of like that that justified feeling like i did something that everybody said you can't do um but we were taking market share from Meguiar's. We were, we were successful with our product launch and that just made me want to dive into it any, even more. So like, you know, the last few years that I was leaving Lake Country was really textiles. Um, so I worked a long time developing 
um, the different microfibers. You know, we Lake Country did a, a number of different ones, um, and Oberx is is one of the ones that I developed over at Lake Country when I was there. Um, it's similar to uh, McGuire style or a Lake Country style, but it actually is a higher denier. So, like, you know, if you're looking at a microfiber towel, it's a 400 GSM or like a 600 GSM. You know, essentially, we we elevated our GSM um, at the same time, increasing our pile height. So, like, um, we did something that was a little bit different, where you either had a short pile microfiber that performed really, really well um, for a professional user, or you had a long pile microfiber that worked really good for that dealership detailer or the production detailer. Um, and I think what we did is we really kind of bridged the gap where we brought a fiber in that performed similarly to what you'd see out of a, of a high performance microfiber, um, but a little bit longer of a pile to create that residue control and, and all of those added values from like a shaggier microfiber that people were using in the dealership market. Okay, cool. Uh, definitely a lot of, uh, history and that's cool that you spent so much time trying to get to, to that point. I'm with you when people say you can't do things. Yeah. And you, you figure out ways to do things. Uh, I like that a lot. So, uh, I want to open up to questions. You know, I'd love to hear from some guys to see what questions they want to dive into, whether it's about the compounds, polishes or marketing or anything like that. Uh, Brandon from Shawshank always has some good questions. I kind of heard um, you were saying that while you worked for Lake Country, um, David, that you kind of helped develop for Oldberg. Are the pads and things like that have anything to do with Lake Country? Is it a private label or are you guys developing your own stuff? Um, we develop all of our own stuff. Lake Country does manufacture um, some product for us. Um, but, but everything that, that we've done, I've, I've helped Chris, you know, I, at the time I worked for Lake country and helped Chris develop those products, but, um, the, the products that we offer are, are unique to us. It's, you're not going to see the, um, like our same red foam polishing pad. You're not going to see that used in another pad. But can um, I, can I interrupt and say one thing here? And this is my, my favorite thing. I've always wanted to say this. So, and I'm not saying, uh, Shawshank, uh, it was a Brandon. Yeah was going after this, but some people say like, you know, oh, did Lake Country make this or did Buff and Shine make this? I hope you guys know there's only a few manufacturers in the entire world that do this. This is not something you can go buy down the street, laminate, glue, buy a $40,000 CNC machine or a water jet machine <clears throat> and just hope to the races that you've figured it out right on the first round. So when someone says, and I'm not saying you were going after that and I'm not getting... I don't want to get defensive, but I just want you to understand is if you want to make pads, I'm sure even Marshall knows or <laughs> that there's only a hand selection amount of people that you can essentially talk to that have that experience, knows how to thread and sew, know how to laminate, know, has the foaming process, heating, all that CNC water jetting. So there's not a lot of companies that do it. So and what, what I'm trying, my point of saying that is, is I look at that as almost like a, a badge of honor that we've tried to partner up with the best companies. hundred percent. Our stuff is not off the shelf. It's not like, uh, you know, Hey, this is the same thing and just a different color. Uh, David's done a, an extremely amazing job as well as other companies, because, you know, there's many companies out there that 
that go down this route and spend years and years trying to figure out the perfect foam for their polish that they might've come up with in 30 days, you know, which I doubt, but, um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of R and D, but there's, it's almost kind of like saying, well, did, did Goodyear make your tires? Well, I'm gonna let you know, Goodyear makes about 60% of all the brands that are out there. You know, there's not too many out there. There's Hakapleta and there's a couple other ones from the North, but guess what? If you're in one of these Bridgestones or other stuff, that's, that's all coming from one plant in the entire world. And yeah, I, I agree, Chris, the reason why I was asking was because it is a badge of honor. If it was made by like country, you worked with them, that's a good thing. That's why I'm asking. I wasn't yeah, I think at all saying it was a negative thing. No, yeah, no, no. I think there's advantages to just, I mean, obviously with, with developing it, I, I worked with Chris at that time. So that made the most sense. And um, I think there is, there's only so many brands that do make, make pads there's there's plenty of them out there but um i think our our advantage or my advantage from having the, the history of that is just understanding the you know the plus and minuses to, to, to the different manufacturing processes and the materials that are used and stuff like that so um i think yeah. that lake country has you know some of the best processes and stuff like that and um, luckily I know a little bit about foam, so we were able to kind of do something a little bit different too. But we are looking for a CNC machine for $4,000. If somebody can sell us one, we are desperately looking because uh, I have cut up. Look for, I, I think I saw one around back. Hold on. Did you? Cause second. I've been cutting holes in David Patterson's mattress for two years and he's getting real tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> like Swiss cheese. Swiss cheese. Like Swiss cheese. I'm telling you those 1.35 inch pads are coming back someday. <laughs> Um, all right good question brandon was that you got anything else that was it no and like i said before i was asking out of curiosity because i enjoy lake country pads so it'd be a positive thing um okay. obviously you were asked negatively many times but that's not <laughs> my intention <laughs> well it's a it's fair right it's a fair uh defense on chris's side and it's a fair question and that's that's i mean Listen, there's there's a lot of people which we all don't, you know, we get asked that too. What do you did you make these? I'm like, listen, I'm not a chemist, right? Like mm -hmm. I, I I barely got out of high school and college with like a 2.7. There's no way I sit in a lab and and configured this. No, there's there's companies that their whole business is for you to work with so that they can make a product that you want, right? Like, and you can dial it into your own specificities, you know, like. I was showing earlier, right? I mean, we had to seek out and find people that could do a no water formula so I could put it into a little bag so that we could sell it, right? I mean, it, you, there's nobody that does that until you find somebody specifically. So I, even the big brands, I, I, I think it would be very shocking for detailers to realize all brands, right? There's some of the plenty of brands ones. that say some yeah, of the biggest ones. It's insane. Right? And they're and they're not and they're known manufacturers. Like you even have manufacturers that purchase from other manufacturers just because it's not in their wheelhouse. I mean, it's it is it's what just, it is, right? It I is. mean, it just it is what it is. It's so discouraging to see very highly respected people in our industry kind of talk bad about companies that purchase from other blenders or other brands or things like that because it's like if you think about some of the history like look at lake country lake country was never a brand like lake country was created became a brand 
but they were like when my country started they were a manufacturer you I mean they they manufactured for other brands they manufactured for themselves as, as well but like they weren't the brand that they were today and i think like if you look at some of our brands like our industry is not that old like in, in the the advanced detailing industry you know like look at Menzerna was the same way. Menzerna was so similar to Lake Country where they didn't, they weren't a brand. They were, they were literally a polished manufacturer. People in the United States created their brand to try to sell it. You know, like they created the labeling and the branding um, to try to introduce it into the detailing market because Menzerna as a brand at that time wasn't interested in like, attempting to start to try to sell their brand you know they weren't trying to take market share as manzerna they were just saying like hey you want to buy some polish i don't care what you do with it here you go we make polish um and i think that's there's a there's big differences between manufacturers and brands and you very rarely find ones that do both of them extremely well so like i don't yeah. i don't really understand what what the big gripe about about it at all is on a well, number of levels. It's interesting though, right? Like the, the, the ones that will say we manufacture, like then they just say we always manufacture. And it's like, no, that's, that's not true. Like you don't manufacture everything that you put out. Like it just, it doesn't happen. Uh, it, it's really, it, it really was a great question, Brandon. Thanks for asking. Cody. Yeah, yeah for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It was a great question. Seriously. Um, Let's give him a free Obert kit. <laughs> <laughs> well dave that's what i sent you i don't know if you saw that dm i was like hey if, if you want to throw out any you know it's done well people will you know send you a, uh well no it's on the chat thing uh if if you want to send a you know put out your email or something people want to send in to uh you know you want to send them a sample that always goes well so yeah yeah cool. all right cody um i guess i don't really have any questions uh but i will say kind of a the beginning of this year, a mentor of mine put me onto the Oberks yellow pads, uh, the one-step pads, and I had really never heard of Oberks and ordered a few to try. And uh, there you go. Um, really, I guess that's my go-to pad now. So I mainly try to stick with one-steps. And if I need a little more correction out of uh, on a vehicle for a one-step, I'll use a Lake Country HDO pad, uh, the blue pads. But other than that, I mean, I'm really just using the Oberks yellow pads like all the time. And now I'm pairing that with uh, the Sonax Perfect Finish because they were on the podcast a few weeks ago and got a sample of that and was able to try some. So I bought a big bottle. And um, so I'm trying that out now and it's working pretty well. Um, yeah. How what would you like the perfect finish in the yellow pad? How's it work? Yeah, it's working great. I mean, it's finishing down before I was like for years, I was using Meguiar's uh, M210 or originally M205, but then they came out with 210 and I was using that. And I don't know, I tried the perfect finish and there was just some things that I liked a little bit more about it as far as you can work it a little bit longer. Um, the wipe off is super easy, uh, even easier than 210. And I really enjoyed that, but I did also, when I tried out the yellow pads, was able to, I ordered a small bottle of the Oberks uh, Supreme Cut or Super Cut, whatever one it is. Uh, and I did like that. Um, I guess 
I only really went with the stone axe because I they sent me a, a sample of the ultimate cut as well. So I bought a big bottle of that, but I pretty much thought that the Oberk's uh, Supreme Cut worked just, just as well as the ultimate cut, just about. And so it's something I may switch back to. I still actually have, have a little bit of that in a small bottle, but I'm loving the yellow pads. And I guess I'm thinking of a question now. I don't know if, would one of your more aggressive pads be uh, more better suited for say a, a one step that needs a little bit more correction with say a finishing polish or uh, something of that sort? Um, yeah, I mean, so like from my, from coming from like a detailer to a detailer, you know, I, our, our system doesn't cover everything. Right. So like I'm, if I were to, to say what you're suggesting, I would say for us, the only other one step that I would suggest is like, if you wanted to bump it to like our over microfiber pad and, and pair it with like a 205, but just, that's only just because I think 205 performs really well with our microfiber. Um, and I think it is, is potentially a good one step. You're going to get some, so a little bit of micro marring on it, but it actually finishes out a lot, you know, on a lot of paints, especially anything that's not straight black and soft. Um, Great on light colors, that combo. Yeah, sure. I mean, you kind of have to be realistic about it. I mean, I, I'm not going to push people to other brands. We do we do trainings um, where we use a, a number of different brands, you know. So, like, I'm not necessarily going to, like, push people to other stuff. But, you know, there's there's products that you can kind of fill the void, right? Like, so my go-to is always going to be overcut. I'm, I'm a little biased. I mean, that's obvious. But, but, but in developing it, you know, like, I, I truly like it, you know, and, and I'm, I, I enjoy saying that because I, I like to be able to sell what I actually like, but for us, I, I do think there's a little bit of a gap. Like I think 205 falls perfectly in between our cut and polish. Um, I think it, it complements it well. Um, for me, I never used 205 as a finishing polish anyway, I use it as like a, a light cutting compound. So for me, I've always used 205 with a microfiber cutting pad just to try to avoid using compound. Um, so for me, I, I think that's a good product. Can I ask a dumb um, question? How come, uh, you know, some guys always like to put cut and then like a dab of polish on. What's your theory yeah. on mi mixing compounds and polishes? I'm just curious since you're, you know, and, and Dave won't say it, but Dave polishes on some Concours levels cars on a weekly, sometimes monthly basis. Um, so I'm just curious what's your thoughts on, on mixing compounds and polishes on a single pad situation, like what Cody's going through. I think it, I think it'd be cool to let's throw that out to everybody. Right. Cause I mm -hmm. think there's going to be a lot of people, right. It just, I think it just comes with the nature of detailers. We just, we start using a product and then we see where it works, where it doesn't work. And when we have used another product, we go, Hmm, I wonder if we can mix those two. <laughs> like it just like uh, Derek, right? Derek sent me messages a while ago. Hey, have you ever put dressing into your interior cleaner? Yeah, I mean that's like that's that's a thing, right? Like it's just what we do. We just start working with stuff, and we're kind of like cooking with Nick, and we like to make up our you know our formulas even our own way. Uh, I, I think there's been people right there's that created companies out of mixing some of the products that you guys have. Is that a thing, right? Um, I think, I think people, there are a lot of people that talk about mixing our product um, there. I never usually suggest it just because I think it becomes difficult to 
continue your message, but, but for people that actually do it, I think it, it, it does work. I think the lubricants that you find in a polish are different than the lubricants that you find in our, our cut, especially ours. Like if you've used both of them, you can tell just by like the consistency. So obviously the carrier of the lubricant is different. Um, a polished lubricant is going to, you know, diminish some of the cutting ability of the abrasives, you know, help it glide a little bit differently so that it doesn't make micro marring. So there are, there are some advantages that you can use by, by mixing them. We just, you know, don't necessarily always recommend it publicly just to avoid any issues. Yeah, there, there becomes, yeah, right. There becomes some, uh, you know, some corporate statements that have to be made. Uh, I can definitely appreciate that. All right. Hands up. Uh, if you mix, uh, products, especially like what Chris was saying, a little bit of compound, a little bit of polish. So pre pretty much everybody except Dave. Dave does too. All right. Uh, John, did I see your hand? Yeah, John. Yeah, John's a big. Okay, so let's go around. I'll go Vinny and then we'll go down. Like, what's your combination that you found that you like to mix together? Because that's a cool question, Chris. Um, I haven't lately. Honestly, I don't even know if I do it as much anymore now that there's like one and done products out there that diminish like it, they work. I mean, like, I don't want to throw, but 3 is oily. And I think that's for the reason because it diminishes so well and finishes out pretty much good enough on a regular basis that I don't really have to mix. But if I had to mix them today, I would go out into my shopping at Cutmax and perfect finish. And I, and I think you could probably do everything that you would want, a normal person would want with those two. And probably with like a buff and shine, like 50-50 pad, maybe like a cut and finish pad. And that's just me thinking like off the top of my head, what I would do if I had to make like an attack plan tonight to go do this car tomorrow. That's probably what I would do. Cool. Mike? I generally do it on the interior. Because when it comes to the exterior, I'm okay with wasting time on the second step because, well, I charge for it. So it is what it is. But like the interior, I'll do a cleaner and protectant in one, or I'll use products that are cleaner protectant, you know, at the same time. And then but, throw in, have you gotten into uh, throwing in just a little bit of maybe like a, a, a new car scent or a a fresh scent, then you're clean, protected, and, uh, I, and, when, and it, when it comes to products, smell is a big thing for me. I'm kind of, that's, that's, I go price and smell. Those are my two, two things. So, because right. I, I like enjoyable stuff and I'm super part-time. So it's not like I'm buying in huge bulk, like someone who is full-time. So like I have a 250 bottle of the cut and um, polish from Oberka. It's been a month. I haven't even opened it yet. So, but I'm, kind of, I'm a total consumer too. I, I lie, but I'll buy stuff like, like there's a, uh, a rinseless wash that, I, that I'll use, even though there's one that's better that I, and I openly know it's better, but I like the way the other one smells. So I'll buy it. Oh, exactly. So. Cool. Well, actually, I'll buy both. You know, like I'll, <laughs> I'll still have the other one because I have to, but I still want the other one because it smells good. Yep. David, what about you? What's your little mixture you like to come up with? Oh, I've mixed 
man, I've mixed a ton of stuff over the years. I, uh, the, the things that come to mind for me, I, I haven't done it in a long time, but uh, when I was working through the learning curve with M105, you know, I used to put a little 205 in there. You know, I've ultimately used to make the, I think still make it the Ultima Paint Guard Plus walk, wipe on walkway ceiling. Back then it smelled more, it smelled a lot stronger. Now it kind of smells like nothing. But heck, I, did, I mixed about an ounce of that with a bottle of 105 one time, kind of to make my own uh, all-in-one type product. I mixed interior cleaners together. I've, I've, I've been kind of my own little shop chemist for, for years just to get things done because I work on a lot of different stuff. I work on commercial stuff, buses, and, and uh, you know, I might go from buses to vans to a horse trailer to a race car trailer to polycarbonate windows for race cars. Um, you know, you just do what you got to do. But I've, I've found, I found my, uh, my go-to since then and worked through that learning curve. And I don't really have a a set polish right now so I'm just kind of I've been I'm kind of old school for a long time just now getting into the newer technology so I'm looking forward to trying some new stuff that's I found you through a friend and uh trying some of your stuff and I like the sound of the Oberk and just got a bottle of the Sonax 0406 that's working out pretty well but but now I haven't mixed for a long time all right cool thanks for uh Thanks for sharing. Tyler, man, good to see you. Uh, it's been a little bit. Uh, what's, uh, what's some of the mixtures you like to do? Yeah, thanks. It's been a, a couple of weeks here. I guess it kind of slipped away from me pretty quick. But uh, so I'm a big IGL guy. Uh, I mix F1, F3 almost every time I do any kind of cutting. Um, I just like how it kind of finishes out, especially on the softer paints. Um, and then another go-to with some, again, ideal products is their F4 and Premier uh, sealant. So I'll do a couple dots of the F4 and then uh, like one, one or two spritzes of the Premier uh, right on like a yellow pad or something um, or a black pad, depending on what I'm working on. And, you know, just find that, you know, it seals it super well, takes out any light imperfections. Um, so it's kind of two different worlds, you know, one cutting, but one finishing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like a lot of the IGL things. I've tried the Sonax. I'm a big proponent for Cut Max, um, as well as the Perfect Finish too. I, I like all those products. I've not tried any of the Oberk products to date. Um, so I, I'm sorry I jumped in kind of late here. I'm also late to the Oberk game, uh, nonetheless. Uh, so I'll have to uh, look into it. Chris, man, you need a little jacket, then you could definitely do, you, you told, yeah, you, you, you nailed it. I just like to give reactions to people like, that's all. No, I, but like that's, to, I just like that, to give people a hard time. That's a Chris Farley, man. You nailed that right there. You just need a little jacket. <laughs> yep, for sure. Uh, Nick, where'd Nick go? How Can we dive into cooking with Nick? What? Oh, he's stuffing his face with fajitas. I guess they better. Have been, yeah. yeah, you didn't even take him off. Yeah. I surprised myself again. <laughs> oh, Nick. Nick. You got to get in there a little closer, man. Get, yeah, get yeah. Nick, oh, man. Jeez. Mm. Okay. Oh, that chicken looks delicious. 
Minus two points for not wrapping them prior to, <laughs> hey, prior to presentation. Oh, no. I'll just wait. I'll just wait. <laughs> yeah, phone's down. He's going for it. Wait, what do you mean by wrapping them? Like in foil or something? What? No, he means going ahead and making the fajitas. Yeah, he wanted you to make, the yeah. make each one. I'll make them live, man. Final <laughs> one at a time. He's stuffing his face. He's stuffing his face. They do look good. Hey, Marty, can I ask a quick question on the mixing? Yeah, man. Um, so for, for the guys that are mixing different interiors or different, you know, products, spray products, how are you guys marketing that? God forbid a, a client asks to see some kind of technical paperwork or, hey, what did you, what did you use on my interior? Oh, I used a splash of this, a splash of that. And, you know, how, how do you guys handle that situation? Great question. I, I've never had anybody ask me that. So I, my, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have an answer any, anybody been asked what they use? Depending on what I use or what I do, I try to pull up uh, uh, MSDS sheets. I mean, it just really kind of depends. A lot of that stuff, you can follow the guidelines off the products and kind of make your own informational thing to be very, very short and sweet. It's not very often that that happens, but you know, sometimes like I go on to like Luke Air Force Base sometimes and sometimes they really want to understand what the chemicals are being used and what I actually have in my, uh, van versus what I mix in a big jug. So I do make a little cheat sheet of, of what the ingredients are, kind of what those things are, and just kind of do a cross-reference of an MSDS sheet. Oh, anybody else? God damn, you guys are technical as shit. Yeah. <laughs> I would just, I'd say magic sauce. Not, not yeah. saying you're trying to hide yeah. it, but sometimes less is more. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of work trucks, and honestly, they don't give a rat's ass what I use as long as it's clean when they pick it up. So I had actually ran into the situation, I guess it was early COVID. Um, I was starting to sell a lot of sanitization stuff and, and interior cleaning and everything. So that was when this topic for me hit shit kind of hit the fan. You know, well, once, yeah, yeah, you can't. Yeah. I mean, so. if you use the word sanitation, when there's a virus going around, I'm glad people asked you for documentation because there's so many detailers and we put this out massive. You guys remember mm -hmm. there was a massive amount of people talking about sanitization and we kept telling people stop. Like you, you can get in trouble. There's, there was a national, you, you use a brand that got in trouble for putting out a lot of stuff that what they were doing and it wasn't really real and they had to pull stuff off. Right. There was plenty of brands that got in trouble for that. So we, we've never recommended anybody say the word sanitization. Cause you're right. Like you should get in trouble for that. Yeah, so that was that was a quick, you know, oh shit, quick learning moment. But that's what I was curious on the interior mixing and, and product mixing stuff, same same channel. No, great. It's it's a great question though. I mean, I mean everybody does it. Uh, no, we're not yeah. selling meth here, so it's okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Derek. Uh, I think it's time. Oh. Okay. All right, so David, <laughs> Chris. Uh, this is the time where I don't know if you guys have, have been at the bar, you know, been there drinking a bit. Yeah. It's 2 a.m. The bar's closing down and there's that random dude. It could have been one of you. We're not sure, but normally there's that dude at the end of the bar that just asks the most random dumb questions because he's drunk and it's closing time. So it's our tab out question of the night. Uh, Derek's got a good one. Oh God. All right, guys, uh, this one's a little weird, uh, but it definitely falls into the, you know, that weird question at the end of the night, like, what? Like, 
So, um, how many rats would it take to overwhelm and kill you in a fight? How many rats? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Gross. Uh, Cause yeah, that you've seen the movies where they just start swarming and then, you know, you're trying to run and then you trip and then they just start swarming all over you. Um, and then now like, yeah. No, are we Ooh. talking like Boston, New York? See, I knew this. I knew someone was gonna say that because all my buddies. Because where where I'm from, we rival New York, and rats are bigger than cats. So, and uh, my fiance has pet rats. So (laughs) I'm gonna say your average average size rat. I'm thinking like field mice, and he's thinking about like. Rats the size of cats. Like, oh yeah, what? you walk by a dumpster, you hit it, and they scatter. It's it's creepy, scary. Oh, that's crazy. Mike, where where's this place at? Yeah. Oh, this is Boston. Oh. oh. Yeah. Hmm. It's. I luckily am outside of Boston, so we don't have those issues. But I work in the not nice parts of Boston, and yeah, it's gross. Oh. I've seen a couple rats, but Oklahoma's not known for rats. Like, yeah. yeah. You go into our subway system, it looks like the floor, the floor is moving. Oh. So that's why I only take wow. it when I'm absolutely bombed. <laughs> All right. Well, so what's your number? How many rats does it take to kill you? <laughs> to kill me? <laughs> that's what he said. Oh, You're going to get in a fight with rats, and then oh, they're going to yeah, kill you. So how many... <laughs> Fast and the Furious with the torch too, because they're survival. <laughs> They'll survive. So they it will. could just be one. But yeah, I'm gonna no. say uh, at least 150. All right, that's a good number. It's a good number. I'd say 150 or one Ninja Turtle rat. What is his name? Splinter. Fucking Splinter. Water. If fucking Splinter shows up, I'm fucked. <laughs> true. Very true. He'll teach you about how he's going to fuck you up before he does it. Yeah. yeah. All right, Shawshank. Um, yeah, there's some big-ass rats uh, in New York, too. So, uh, <laughs> um, I don't know, like, 20 25 of them there's they're pretty crazy i i used to be a diesel tech uh a while ago and i worked at a trash hauling company and there was some crazy ass rats there anybody get bit by one what happens you catch some disease or what is it same thing they were near the dumpster or i would have to do a roll call at uh you know i would have to go to some place the trash is being dropped off and you just see them around near the dumpster, in the garbage, in the landfill, stuff like that. But never problems with them? No, you just don't believe they're rats until somebody tells you, yeah, that's a rat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Cody, what about you and rats? How they go? I've never actually seen a rat myself, like in person, like a cat-sized rat. But I have heard of them. And if we're talking about like the cat-sized rats, I don't know, maybe – 50 to 100 but if it's like field mice need like a thousand you're, you're killing all those field mice definitely yeah those are easy yeah Vinny, what about you 
Thankfully, I've never seen a rat that big. I did see one last week kayaking in the weirdest spot. It was like on this bridge, but it wasn't that big. I'd say it was like what I would consider a rat, you know, like that big, maybe. I could probably take a hundred of those. But cat size rats, dog size rats, mm, I have yeah. 10. Dude, yeah. once they start biting, I don't yeah, think yeah. there's much I can do. Yeah. I can't run far. So that's out. <laughs> Especially if one gets you on that lower ankle, maybe gets that yeah. Achilles yeah, tendon. I'm, I'm done. Like, bring 20, bring 30, finish me. Yeah. Mouth. Out. out. <laughs> David. Now we're talking at the end of the bar, right? 2 a.m. <laughs> drunk. <laughs> yes. I said last week I haven't drank in 16 years, but when I was drinking, by 2 a.m. I was already blacked out on autopilot, and I've been known to go for two, three days that way. You know, and I've done some pretty amazing stuff. I think it would take a lot of rats, and we we have some pretty big ones here in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. River rats. They they they're not quite as big as cats, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 25. David, you're from I'd, Harrisburg. I'd, I'd be, I'm from Harrisburg. I'd be kicking and karate oh, chopping, and I wouldn't feel none of it. Yeah, so I'd fight on. My whole family's from that area. Like my brother lives in New York. Yeah. Is that right? Wow. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, I've been here all my life. I like that area a lot, actually. Yeah, that's uh, probably why I'm still here. It's kind of, it's kind of like it's actually just like Wisconsin with a different accent. It's like it's like just like our area, but but uh, but out there. Yeah, but a lot colder where you're at. Uh, it's not too much worse. I I mean, we get a little bit more snow than you, but it's a, it's about the same. It's about the same. Uh, it's pretty cool, man. Small world. Yeah. Small world. I'm halfway between Harrisburg and New York, so. Okay. How I'm feeling, I might shop in York, I might shop in Harrisburg. I'm an Adder's PA. I got some family, like my brother's in York, my cousin's in Red Lion. And, uh, right, yeah. But every, everybody's all in, in, in Harrisburg and in that area. So. Yeah, I'm in Lewisbury. Cool. All right, Nick, uh, what about you? How many rats are going to take to eat you and kill you? Dude, Death. I could go on a full podcast like, full hour rant about how many variables are here like shedding and everything but given the like average Tennessee rat size is, is hardly anything bigger than than a field mouse like I mean we're talking little baby suckers it in in I don't know a setting around like my house or something it'd take at least a couple hundred it seems like fajita size. Probably 150, 200. Fajita exactly. Size. Exactly. <laughs> I've got the grill. Size. I've got tongs. I've got knives. Bring yeah. it on, man. He's going to fry them up, make some rat fajitas. Hell yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm in a good setting to fight some rats right here. For sure. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got two cats to help me. I'll be, I'll be just fine. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I'll you know, you got cats. I'll be fine. They'll just bat them around. All right, okay. Tyler. Exactly. What about you? How many rats does it take? I be somewhere on the scale about 50. I, I, I think it also depends though what we're drinking tonight. Am I an angry drunk? Am I a happy drunk? We just have water. <laughs> are you, are you What's going on here? So, if you got vodka, you know, are you going to light it and spit it out <laughs> at them? You know, there's all kinds no, of so, just, just too many variables. But I'd say probably, probably about 50. Uh, Derek. Oh, I was, well, I'm, I'm in New Jersey, so we do have, I'm, I haven't seen any of the big rats, but I know you're talking about from the New York rats and stuff. I haven't seen the cat-sized ones, but um, 
And like I said, at the end of the night, I mean, I, I, I've jumped over some fences that I, I know I probably shouldn't have jumped over sober when I when I went out to the bar and stuff. So uh, it probably say like 100, 150 rats uh, over once you fall on the ground, then you're spinning, maybe get back up. But uh, yeah, but they're not as big, but I could probably crush a few and then keep going. And when I wake up the next day, like, what did I get all caught up? What happened? Like, no, you're not waking up the next day. It's death. Oh, oh, you're right. You're what right. you said. Yeah. Yeah. You are the drunk guy at the end of the bar. No doubt. <laughs> All right, John, how many rats are there in Arizona? Actually quite a bit, you know, they, they differ in size, but I, I, I'm one of those guys, if I'm going to die, you better bring the whole pack because I'm going to stomp some ancestors. <laughs> and if I got to ride one out, I'll ride one out too. I don't care, but I'm, I'm bring that whole pack. Let's just have some fun. <laughs> All right. God. That's awesome. All right, Chris, uh, David, uh, let's go into some closing thoughts. And one of the questions I want to ask, you know, I'll let you guys just share whatever you want for your closing thought. But, you know, you've mentioned a couple of times the SDC. Uh, we heard very mixed reviews, but for the most part, we heard very low numbers, uh, especially with attendees and detailers. Uh, with mobile tech having to cancel from people backing out, then very few numbers going into SDC. It, it brings a lot of questions to Mobile Tech Vegas and then SEMA, you know, with no international travel coming to SEMA. Uh, what does SEMA look like? Is Will it be forever changed over the next couple of years? Uh, will Mobile Tech Vegas happen? Low turnout so far for the expo side of our industry. Love to know what your guys' thoughts were on the SDC numbers. Um. It did seem a little less than I expected. Um, I think overall it was a it was a pretty great event. I mean, um, it was planned out better than I expected. I think that it was, you know, it was decent. But I I, I thought there would have been a little bit more people. I, I don't know. I I think people here want to go out. So like I I don't know. I saw plenty of you know people talking about it and and advertising for it but i don't know if maybe that it got advertised to everybody else that same way you know or or what it is but i see people actually want to do stuff i mean i think sema will be a little bit different this year for sure um i mean i think there's there's some international travel i think you'll you'll see a little bit more sema decided to continue on even though um auto mechanica which is like probably one of the bigger global type of a sema show um they canceled so uh, it, it will be interesting. I think our industries might suffer from it a little bit, but, but everybody's having a banging year. So it's like, I think you're going to see a lot of brands that don't feel like they need to go. Um, I think you're going to see, if you're into custom cars and stuff like that, I think it's going to be a year to be at. I think you're going to see some of the best cars that are built this year. I think you're going to see some of the builders bringing the most insane stuff, you know, just because they've had two years to build it. And most people they're cramming to get stuff done in one. So, um, I don't know. I didn't go to, to mobile tech, uh, Vegas last year. So I, I didn't participate in the first one or whatever. Uh, I'm not really sure what to expect with that. I, I am a little excited for SEMA. Uh, we're not going to have a booth this year. Um, but we will be attending and, and plan on, probably showing next year 
Um, but I, <laughs> Chris. I just like to tease him. Oh, yeah. yeah but um, we're making uh, debut announcements, Chris. You didn't even get the memo. I am fucking yeah. marketing memo. Fucking no, yeah. He, I think everybody generally wants to come out, though. I think I think for the most part, I I think the SEMA will be the biggest. Well, it'll be a bigger test, you know. I think, you know, the other thing that I think they they kind of overlooked with Southern Detail Conference is they hit it in everybody's like busiest time. You know, like if, if you're a detailer, like if you're if you're a if you're a detailer coming there, it wasn't a great time. I mean, everybody right now, if you have a, if you have somewhat of a decent business, you are more than busy. Um, you're you're trying to grab every dollar that comes in the door without um, losing your mind and. I think it's just hard to justify spending money, even if people really wanted to go um, when it's they have also, too much other stuff going on. It's not a major, major airport too either. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's a tough one, but I think you hit it kind of right in the head. It was in the middle of a hot season. I mean, we, <clears throat> I launched another company at SDC, so I didn't really have an expectation really of, of what to come. I mean, we were fairly busy on that Saturday and then Sunday was the morning was busy. And then Sunday afternoon, which is kind of always how it is, last day of every trade show is always slow. Um, and we sold a lot of websites, but you know, I would have I was expecting probably a little bit more, but I think Dave hit it right on the head was like, you know, hot season. That's a tough, tough area to middle of June or early June. That's tough to get anybody to come out. This is their hot season. So well, mobile techs in January. I mean. So, I mean, I, I get some people are doing it right in January, but there's plenty of areas that that aren't just banging, you know. So, January is a good time for people where I don't know. It just the majority of people need to take the money while it's there, you know. It's not so even, you said a lot of people are getting out. So, in a matter of basically two two and a half months between the two shows, suddenly a lot of people wanted to get back out, but. You know, that's interesting, Chris. You guys said you were busy. I mean, I'm just I'm just saying what we hear. That's why I want to always we always just toss it out, let everybody give their opinions. I mean, we heard massive numbers of way down, like they just didn't see anybody. And there's a lot of people standing around. Vendors didn't have people coming up. So that's good. You guys are busy. Yeah, I mean, Saturday was good. Saturday was good. And I, you know, not trying to toot my horn. I think I was bringing a product that's not commonly seen to SDC, too. So I think that was kind of uncommon. So we always had someone to talk to um, for the most part. So. Cool. All right. Closing thoughts. Uh, just, you could do a final pitch for your brand. You could say something else, whatever it is that's on your mind. Uh, Chris, David, closing thoughts. Yeah. I mean, um, I would say just give us a shot. Let us, let us welcome you into the path of enlightenment at Ober car care and remove the guesswork with our, pads polishing compound and our new product that's releasing in the next few weeks um, and, and if you like the wolf shirt we've got cats coming soon yeah yeah we got not oh, yeah, rats have, cats yeah we have cats coming uh, and then a um, rat shirt might be cool you can uh we didn't really talk about it but you can always hit us up at uh, our social media over at car care we try and be super responsive via social media and facebook david does a fantastic job and then uh if well, you guys ever are interested in website, hit us up at detailersroadmap.com, which is a website system platform designed for retail uh, detailers starting at 99 bucks a month. Cool. So. Chris, that, that 
we didn't get a chance to talk about that, and that was in my in my back pocket to bring up, but we just ran it's out of time. Fucking let's, rat uh, question. Let's schedule. Yeah, let's schedule another <laughs> one, and let's let's just talk about that detailer's roadmap because it is sure. it is kind of unique. Let's schedule another one and 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 talk that through. David, any last closing thoughts? No, yeah. Um, thanks for having us on. I really appreciate it. Make sure you check us out on our social media outlets. Um, and Gloss University too. Yeah, yeah. Gloss University is another one that you could. If you had any interest in that, and that's something that I I kind of kicked off with Jason Kilmer last year. Uh, oh was, uh, shit! Not what um, it it didn't turn out to be what it was supposed to be last year because of COVID, obviously, and everything that happened. But um, Gloss University is a cool uh, training program that's just in its beginning stages of what it's planning to do and and how it plans to approach the detail industry. Um, Kilmer is a big part of that. Um, so hopefully we can uh, maybe get him on here with you guys. And he's he's actually scheduled to come on. So I'll let I'll let you know when he's coming. Hop in, and I I was gonna ask that too. What's your guys' yeah. relationship with Kilmore? Uh, because it's a, it's a it seems to be a unique little thing. I didn't know where that stood between you guys. Yeah, he's just a really good friend of mine, and um, we pay him in Oreos. Become, yeah, we've yeah, we've become good friends over the last like maybe six or seven years or so, and. Uh, um, you know, it's something that we came up with, um, together a little bit. We enjoyed training together, um, but we wanted to create something that was bigger than what, what we are. Um, so what Gloss University is in the future is a lot different than what, it, what, what it's been so far. So. Cool. Thanks guys. Appreciate your Thank time, you. uh, Chris yeah. and David, uh, time is our most uh, valuable resource and it's always going away. So Thank you for uh, giving your time to us and helping the community. Uh, love what you guys are doing and really appreciate, uh, really appreciate you guys coming on and, and sharing your story and, and going through all, all your, your processes. And let's, let's schedule another one, go over those other stuff you guys have. Thanks so much sure. for coming on. Yeah. Appreciate it guys. For, yeah, thanks thanks for, time. for the opportunity. Yeah. Thank Brandon, Cody, thank you. Vinny. Good to see you, man. Mike, thanks for uh, hopping in. David, appreciate it, man. Good to see you, John. Good to see you back, man. Uh, thanks for hopping on. Derek, great question. Tyler, likewise, man. It's been a couple months, so good to see you. Glad, uh, glad things are going well. And Nick, man, the fajitas look great. Uh, I look forward to eating something here in a couple weeks from you. So you will. We'll make something right. happen. I got you. Good deal. All right, guys. Have a great week. Enjoy your night. Thanks. See you guys. <laughs>